Hi, this is Corbin Madden welcoming you to Words of Truth. And I accidentally told Miss Marlette, I think, Second Timothy chapter 2, uh, speaking about the Word of God. And I think there, there is a... Second Timothy 3.16 is where it talks about the Word of God. Um, we believe in the sovereignty of Scripture. And we believe in the sovereignty of God. And... Uh, we talked about that in Sunday school this morning, and it was a it was a privilege to be able to uh, to listen to that this morning as Brother Aaron broke down the scripture of on that we talked about the sovereignty of God. There's such a peace in knowing that God is in control, and when we uh, when we put our faith in Him and we allow Him to use us. For His will, God can use anybody. And what a blessing that is. What a blessing. We talked about some unlikely people this morning who God has used, and I refrained from saying, God uses me. Amen. <laughs> I am an, an unlikely person. Uh, I think people often, um, at least I've been told this, this is not me, saying uh, this of myself. There's been people who hear me preach and they think I, I am very, uh, very, very learned man who, who has, uh, has really, really got it together. Um, those of y'all who are in this congregation know that, that uh, that's not exactly true. Uh, my, my life and my brain is just as scattered as anybody else's, if not more. Um, so gathering my thoughts and articulating them well is definitely not one of my strong suits. Uh, I definitely relate to Moses when he was called to share what God had commanded him to do. God, are you sure you want to call me? As one of those people who struggle with speaking, and uh, my mother will attest to this, even standing up, I didn't even have to say anything. When I was little, just standing up in front of people terrified me. Um, it was this love-hate relationship. I liked, I liked acting. And it was, it, was, it was one of those things where it's like, I like getting up there in front of the people and everybody looking at me, but I didn't want to see the people looking at me. Um, so God naturally made me a preacher. So everybody's looking at me and uh, I just, uh, I, I have learned, hopefully I'm learning to, to get past that and allow the Lord to do the talking and not me. And that's, that's one of the greatest gifts that we have when, when we're preaching is that we know that God, God is speaking through us and through His Word. When we rely on His Scripture, when we rely on what He says, I can take a breath and I know that God is going to take care of it. Now, there have been times where I have interjected my own thoughts into the Scripture and I have interjected my own opinions into the Scripture and those have never ended well. 
and I insert my own commentary in the, in the word that is unacceptable. Now that's not to say I can't expound on what the scripture says. But when it starts coming between opinion and fact, there's a problem. Now I say all that to say this for this reason. This passage is extremely difficult for me. I don't understand it all. And I don't claim to have, uh, have all the answers on this topic. Um, it seems rather plain the way that Paul explains it. And what we need to do is understand what he's saying. So if you will, we're in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we've been walking through this book for a few weeks now. Uh, last, the last couple of times that we've gathered, we've talked about prayer, and I don't think that is uh, to be taken lightly in the context of this passage that we're talking about. And also, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about where this is in a little bit. We're, we're, let's go ahead and read. Um, in First uh, Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 9. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, without braided hair, and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women, making a claim of godliness. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness, but I do not allow a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man, but to remain quietly, or some, ways, some texts say to learn in quietness. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. But women will be preserved through the bearing of children. If they continue in faith and love and sanctify with self and sanctity with self-restraint. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would speak today. Please guide my mouth and my tongue. Lord, teach your people today what it means to honor and to serve you, to trust you. Give us strength, Lord, and give us discernment. Lord, I pray that you would help the individuals in this room to to distinguish between Corbin and the Word of God. Father, I don't take this lightly, this call, this honor to impart Your Word on these people. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. My uncle told me if there's a time when you stand before 
people and you're preaching and you're not nervous, you better start getting worried. Where there is no conviction or fear of the Word of God, there's not any respect for what the Word of God is saying. I desire greatly to share the truth and the truth above all else. And that goes beyond what I believe or what I want to believe. It's what the Word of God says. Now, I am attempting very greatly to not interject my opinion into this text because it is almost indefinite. I've listened to several sermons about this topic in preparation. I've listened to, I've read several commentaries. Uh, Some scholars will give one sentence. Some scholars will give paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs to these few verses that we've read. Some of them have some very interesting ideas. Um, they, uh, there is a belief out there that takes this extremely literal. If a woman coughs in church, they don't, they don't much care for that. Now, I, I'm, I'm being a little bit beyond the point there, but... There are, there are extreme views of this and there are extreme light views of this. There are some who believe that a woman should, should stand in the pulpit and has every right to stand in the pulpit and preach. There are some that believe that a woman shouldn't even teach Sunday school. And so, my friends, I hope that we can discuss this topic or that I can explain this topic well. And uh, Wednesday nights, we do a little bit of expounding on Sunday's message. And so I really want to encourage you, if you want to go into a deeper discussion um, about this topic, please come on Wednesday. This is, that is the opportunity where I can explain the reasons I say things the way I say them, uh, why I hesitate to say things. Um, I really would like to encourage you to come on Wednesday if you, if you have any qualms about this or if it's just interesting to you. Um, because this, is, uh, this has been several weeks and months that I've been studying for this. And I still, I'll be honest with you, I'm still shaky. So bear with me as we try to break this down. Firstly... It is extremely important to know the context of this passage. Now, this is a church, and let's read it in chapter 1. Let's go ahead and just let the Word be its own commentary, if I could remember to turn in the right direction. Miss Teresa gave me this, Miss Teresa Lewis gave me this Bible as a, um, as a gift for Christmas, and it's in Hebrew and in English. And I keep forgetting sometimes that I need to turn the right way. He's writing this to... Let's just read it in chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, 
according to the commandment of God, our Savior and of Jesus, who is our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace and love from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. He's writing this to his mentee, his son in the faith. And we, in turn, we read it to the church as we are seeking to develop leaders among the people of God. Um, so when we understand that, it kind of helps us have a little bit of a, a better understanding of why he's speaking with such boldness. Uh, Paul, Paul tends to have a little bit of a, a different tone when he's speaking to individuals versus when he's speaking to the congregation. Um, and I think we notice that in the, book of, in the two books of Timothy as he's writing a letter to this one man, as he's encouraging him and instructing him on how to teach. Um, so when we understand why, um, let's see, he's, he's, uh, Timothy has taken a church among a, uh, a difficult group, if you will. He is uh, just across the street, historically we believe, uh, just across the street from his church is a, uh, a temple where they are worshiping in some unorthodox ways. I'll put it that way. Does everybody understand what I mean by that? Is there anybody who doesn't understand what I mean by that? Lola, it's okay that you don't understand. That's one of the reasons why I'm phrasing it the way I am. <laughs> they're doing some things that they shouldn't be doing. They're being, they're being a little bit promiscuous, and that's how they believe that they're worshiping. The women in this temple were the leaders. The women in this temple across the street were in charge. They often would interrupt the men if they were so bold as to speak in this temple. The men were in subjection at all times to the women. And some of these women were converted and they decided they were going to come to this church. And so Timothy was finding quite an interesting situation as these as he was trying to teach or as some men in that congregation were trying to teach and they were interjecting their own opinions and not letting the teacher get a word in edgewise. How many of y'all have been in a Sunday school class like that? Where, uh, or a class of that nature where, where it seemed like the teacher wasn't really doing a whole lot of teaching that the, the students were doing more. Um, I'm reminded of a, a class that uh, we went to Honduras and we got to speak in the classes there. And these were, these were just secular school classes. We got to share the gospel with them. However, it was very difficult because those children were so unruly. Because... 
there's an American standing at the front of the classroom and they were talking to each other and wanting to take pictures and they wanted to do all these things. And me, I did not speak enough Spanish to tell them, please sit down, I'm trying to tell you something. <laughs> um, it was extremely difficult for me to teach these kids in that setting. So if you can imagine, Timothy and his potential dismay as he's trying to teach these people about the word of God, and yet he can't get a word in edgewise. So what Paul is saying here, and I've done skipped over the first part of this message because I was, as I was talking, what Paul is saying here is that he desires that women should receive instruction with entire submissiveness. This is the New American Standard Bible. Uh, the, the King James says it this way, that let a woman learn in silence. And what that means is that a woman, and I don't think a, a man should do this either, is to not interrupt when someone is teaching. And what that shows is respect. I have a respect for authority. I remember as a young child, I was taught, you don't interrupt people. You respect them. And you honor them. Um, how many of y'all have, have taught anybody? You, yeah, you can raise your hands. How many of y'all have taught someone before? Tell me how difficult it is when a child interrupts you or a person interrupts you. It's so difficult. There have been a couple times, and this is not going to sound very Christ-like, there have been a couple times where I've been interrupted that I just wanted to... Just need to elevate your voice. I just need, yeah, and sometimes... Erica can attest to this. In my family, that's not going to work. They just get louder. It, and it becomes, you're both screaming at each other. And Erica was subjected to this early on in our relationship, and I'm surprised she stayed with me. Because I'm telling you, in order to get a word in edgewise with my family, and this is my dad's side of the family, you just, you have to scream. Um... We're unruly, coming from a place of unruliness and disrespect for one another. That's a, that's a sign of disrespect if you don't let someone talk. And what he's saying here is he's saying, I desire that the women in this congregation, I almost said something that would have been misconstrued. I desire that women in this congregation have a respect for authority. Paul says in another place that the powers that be are ordained of God. God has put people in authority for a reason. And what Paul is encouraging Timothy to do is say, look, there's some pretty irreverent, disrespectful women in this congregation. Don't let them usurp your authority. I don't permit them to do that. Much less 
as well, I do not permit a man to do the same. I don't permit, you don't want that. Unless there is a declaration of heresy or false teaching. Let them learn in silence. Be submissive. Now the second part to this is, is where it gets a little dicey. I don't think there's one person in this room that would disagree with those statements that I've just said. You should respect authority and those who are in charge and give them a place to speak. Don't, don't interject. If you have something that you would like to say, you wait till afterward and you have a discussion. And that's what I encourage you all to do today. If you have a problem with something that I'm saying, please talk to me afterwards because it is not the place and the time in the middle of a congregation, in the middle of my message. That's just disrespectful. And so here's, here's, here's where it gets a little bit dicey. I think everybody agrees with that first part. He does not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Now, I can just hear People saying, well, you just permitted, Corbin, a woman to teach. We had our children's lesson as Miss Teresa sat on the front step of the church and she was teaching. Are you disobeying the scriptures by allowing a woman to teach in your church? Here's the thing. Let me, let me, let me set this up a little bit differently. What does it mean to teach? Now we can learn from a lot of different things. I can learn from, uh, like we used the example this morning, I can learn from someone who is not a Christian. I can learn. Now would I take my theological truths and back them up by what that person said, it's not a good idea. I'm not talking about learning a lesson from someone. And this, and this word that Paul uses is the Greek word didasko. Um, and it's, it's basically in reference to authoritative speaking, which is, in other words, what I'm doing right now. I'm speaking, and, I'm, and, I, and I want you guys to understand, I'm not speaking of my own authority. This authority has been given to me by God. What we, what we must be very careful to understand is, is what it means to teach to preach is what I'm doing right now. And the word that he's using for teach and that we have translated as teach is, is in reference to preaching. As your pastor and as a preacher, and Brother Aaron can attest to this as he's a preacher as well, there's a great weight that comes with that. 
and it's not light. And it's not easy. And there have been many, many, many times, and Aaron, maybe you have too. I don't want it. During a message like this, that weight is very heavy because it's up to me to lead you in the truth. And I am responsible for every soul that is in this room. That's heavy. What it means to teach or to preach in this context is to be responsible for the souls that you are in subjection under you. That's heavy. That's a big deal. What Paul is saying is that is a weight that a woman does not need to bear. Is there any women in this room that want to have that burden? The weight of someone's soul? Because I'll be honest with you, that's a heavy burden. And Paul's instruction here, he's saying, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. When you have someone underneath you or in subjection to you, There are a lot of expectations that come along with that. There are a lot of things that have to be done in authority that are challenging. Now, does this mean that a woman does not have a voice in God's kingdom? That's not true. That's not the case. Of course, a woman has a voice. As the head of my household, my wife, of course, has a voice in the decisions that we make in our life. As the President of the United States, the Vice President has a voice in what happens. Now, does the President have, or the Vice President have the authority to veto a bill? No. But the President does. And as the head of my household, do I have the authority to say, that's the line, we don't cross it? That would be my responsibility as the man. Now, if an intruder comes into our house and I am present, should I say, Erica, you go get him. You got this. Now, how many women want that responsibility in their household? You see, Paul also wrote in Ephesians, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And that he gave his life 
for them. What it means to lead or be the head of your household or to be in charge. And that's what it means to be a preacher. And that's what he's referring to here. He's not permitting a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. He is not permitting a woman to have that responsibility of taking the hits for those people. Why? Because that's what God says. I I always hated that answer when my mom said that or my dad said that. Do this. Why? Because I said so. Ow. I loved, loved asking that question. Why? Well, my friends, there is a why. Now this is um, this is this is where I'm I'm telling you, I, I'm treading on some thin ice. I know a lot of men that aren't the head of their household. And I've talked to a lot of wives whose men, whose husbands are not the head of their household. And I ask them, how do you feel about that? You know, I've never had one say, I like it that way. I like to see my husband look to me for, for decisions. I like to see my husband look to me and say, Whatever you say goes. That's just so attractive. Why did God design people like that? Because he designed it that way. That a man is going to take the hits in the family. The leader takes the hits. If there's an intruder, the leader takes the hit. He sacrifices himself for his family, the ones he loves. He does not ask that of a woman. Not because she's incapable. And I want to make that very clear. There was a time in my life where I thought that meant God designed women to be incapable of leadership. That's obviously not true. I know plenty of those households that I mentioned in which the woman, she's doing a fair job of being the spiritual leader and the leader of that home where their man is not stepping up. But none of them are happy in that situation. Not one is happy in that situation. Why? Because all they want is their husband, and they usually describe that husband as a deadbeat, to step up and be a man. Does this mean he lords his authority over her? No. Does this mean that she doesn't get a word in edgewise? No. Does this mean it's my way or the highway? No. 
Of course she gets a say in the direction that the family goes. She is a co-leader. But the man... The man is responsible for the direction. He uses the example of Adam and Eve. You see, Eve was deceived. But oftentimes we look at that as, as, well, there you go. Right there, he's blaming Eve. Eve was so easily deceived that she was incapable of leadership. The issue here is we find in Genesis that Adam was with her. Instead of taking the responsibility and the authority to say, let's not talk to you, serpent. As he was just sitting there watching his wife engage in this conversation. And also what we find here in Genesis is that he didn't teach her the truth. He said, don't touch it either. Do you know what I'm talking about, guys? Do I have to read it? Are y'all, y'all, are y'all familiar with this, with this passage? And Adam and Eve go before the tree, and the serpent deceives Eve. She's talked to by the serpent, and he makes it desirable to her. He said, did God say you could not eat? And she said, yes. He said, don't eat. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And what, uh, what Adam tends to miss up on that, he didn't say don't touch it. He just said don't eat it. So who was responsible for his wife's sin? Was it Eve? There's a level of that. But where'd the hammer really fall? Who got cursed the hardest? Adam. And this curse, he said, your wife will, he will multiply her pain in childbearing. You'll have enmity with your husband. Your husband will lord over you. He won't trust you to lead or have that responsibility. Now, Paul's not just saying this just to be a mean person, and I'm not, and I and I, I know I'm all over the place. I hope my points are coming through clear. What I want to leave with is this. We need to have mutual respect among one another in the church. Men and women should respect those in leadership together. 
If we have disagreements, we can we can talk to one another peaceably. He says that women he doesn't permit to teach or exercise authority over men. In other words, he does not allow a woman to exercise authority in which she has the final say over what the church should do. Now there's a lot of gray lines in that and I hope that I have made some sort of point. I wanted to talk about really briefly This does not mean that you are any less than a man. This is not talking about equality of personhood or status. This is talking about who is responsible. And who takes the takes the hits? Because in my opinion, this is my opinion. To be a real leader, you take the hits. If there is someone coming after my flock, I would I would take the hit for them. I should not expect someone else to as a leader and as a man I should not expect a woman to bear that burden for me because God designed me to bear those burdens it is in our design to take that on now there's a lot deeper we can go but this time is not permitting us But I pray, pray that what I've said is, has at least somewhat made sense. Paul is saying that we're created equal, but we have different responsibilities. And in not permitting a woman to teach is not saying is that she's less than him. It's just that she has a different role. And God designed her for that role. That doesn't mean we lord our authority over men. That doesn't mean we are in charge of those women. And if they don't go the way we want them to go, then they're, the, they're, not, uh, they're not following God's will. What that means is you're responsible for taking care of those women. There's a reason why the church is responsible for taking care of the orphans and the widows. Because they shouldn't have to. 
woman who's a widow and an orphan shouldn't be left alone in the dust. It's the church's responsibility to take them in, to take care of them, provide for them, because that's what a leader does. The head that takes care of make sure their needs are met. Well, I've said all I think the Lord's going to permit me to say because He's telling me to shut up. So if we have a time to pray. I'm going to pray and I encourage you to do so. If you'd like to talk to me, about this subject afterward, please do. Because I feel like what it feels like may not be the truth, but I feel like I've kind of beat all around the bush. But let's pray. And we'll have some announcements really quick and then we'll, we'll dismiss. Father, I pray that your word would reign supreme in our lives. I pray that you, your will would be done. Oh God, I pray that your word is what these people hear today. And may they, may they seek to find your truth for themselves. Oh God, give us strength and wisdom and understanding. Help us, Lord, as men to lead in a godly way. Help us to show the way to go and what's true and what's right. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. June 8th. And that's not far away. That's four days away. This Thursday, we're having the Coopertown Men's Club at 7 o'clock. Um, please be there a little bit earlier than that so you can help us set up if you'd like to. Um, I don't know if there's a whole lot of people in here who don't know what the Coopertown Men's Club is. For those of you who don't, uh, the Coopertown Men's Club is a group that gather and they, they, uh, they pay dues and they're just like a, a lot like the Lions Club, honestly. They do things for the community and they get together and they meet, uh, and they, uh, they meet under the authority of Scripture. They meet in churches, and they, they love one another in the, in the good men's fellowship way. And uh, they desire to lead well. And that's, the, that's a good thing that we support. And we allow them to come and uh, use our facility. And uh, it's a great blessing. We provide for them a meal. And so we ask that you bring a covered dish to support that cause um, we have a list somewhere we're doing uh we're grilling out hamburgers uh we're gonna have a have a good old time with them this thursday so come on out it says that in the bulletin cook out cook out tonight cookout night uh june 17th we got movie night we're gonna be showing god's not dead uh that's gonna be june and july we're gonna do god's not dead one god's not dead two uh so come on out we're working on refining the 
uh, outdoor movie experience here. Uh, I'm looking at Walmart to buy a radio transmitter so y'all can have in your radio, uh, in your car, you can have the sound in your car. You don't even have to get out of your car to watch this movie. Uh, I think that'd be fun. We'll have a little drive-in movie experience. So come on out. Enjoy free snacks and free popcorn. Invite your friends. And uh, um, I think we're going to shoot for starting at 8 o'clock just for the sake of the sun going down. Um, just uh, if that's too late for you, let me know. And we'll, I don't know what we're going to do with that. I guess he won't be able to come. <laughs> but uh, it's late for me. Uh, I get up about 2 a.m. So... So, uh, so don't, uh, don't feel guilty about staying home from that if it's too late, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, June 24th is the clothing closet that we do that every month. Uh, we still need children's clothes. Uh, men's clothes are always a, a thing. We're in the summer season, so winter jackets and stuff like that might need to be put on hold. Uh, but we receive shoes and we have uh, we've given uh, we're giving away like food and stuff like that for that. So it's been a really awesome ministry to be able to do this for the community. So uh, tell your friends about that. If you see a homeless guy on the street or a woman on the street, say, "Hey, look, we got free clothes and free food on this time of the month every month." So come out and uh, come on, walk on out to or give them a ride. Walk on out to uh, West End and. Uh, We'll give you some clothes. If you find somebody and they need it urgently, then uh, give me a call or Erica a call and we'll figure out something for that as well. Um, there's a few people that have keys in this congregation that we can, we can get a handle on them clothes and give them out to some people who need them. Uh, this, is, this is a good ministry. Do we have any announcements that I've forgotten before we close? Tonight we're going to Heads Free Will Baptist. One of my friends is preaching his first sermon ever. And so I uh, figured we'd go out and support my friend over there. He's a recent graduate of Welch College. Uh, so uh, let's make him feel appreciated and loved. Uh, anything else? Has anybody come in tonight that uh, would be out of the ordinary? To the church. I have a show of hands who all's coming. All right. That's what I figured. All right. So let's dismiss in prayer. Father, we're grateful. We love you. I pray that you keep these people safe as they go home. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You guys are free to go. If you'd like more information, or if you'd like to pay us a visit, we're located at 1599 Fifth Avenue West in Springfield, Tennessee. Our phone number is 615-424-0427.